do better. Welcome to Do Better Podcast, a digital content hub from Asade, built for minds interested in doing better. You can leave your comments and suggestions on dobetter.isade.edu. Hello and welcome to Isade Doers, podcast about entrepreneurs and innovators. Our guest today is Olga Shirokova, founder of Kiara Woman. Hi, Olga. Thank you so much for being with us. Hi, Davide. Hi, everyone. So nice to be here. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. Okay, Olga, then we like to uh, always start with uh, something very quick. Can you give us a 30 seconds uh, pitch style description of what your company does? So at Chiara Woman, we are an uh, online female health academy. And what we do is we give to women knowledge and education and tools for them to understand their bodies and improve their well-being. We are a team of 15 medical professionals and we treat topics such as menstrual cycle, hormones, sexuality, and very specific topics such as endometriosis or polycystic ovary syndrome uh, and others. And we give women this knowledge and education to understand what's going on inside their bodies and the tools for them to improve their well-being on a daily basis in natural ways. And apart from that, we also have an online menstrual store where women can confidently buy sustainable menstrual and health products for their female health. Okay, uh, so thanks for the thanks for the intro. We're gonna dive a little bit deeper into this uh, in a moment, but first let's take let's take a few steps back and uh, hear about your uh, personal story. So did you always know you were going to be an entrepreneur or how did it happen that you chose to become an entrepreneur? Right, well, I think I always was suspicious that I would become an entrepreneur mainly because my both my parents are entrepreneurs and my brothers as well. So it kind of runs in the family. And I see, I saw them all my life doing amazing stuff Well, my parents and then my brother as well. And I always thought that, hey, this lifestyle is amazing. I love what they do, what they do for, for the family, for the community, <clears throat> how they create value. And I was always like, I want to do this too. And so I was not sure at all, <laughs> not until I actually did it. But I always had, you know, the, the will to do it. So I'm really glad that I finally came uh, to this path. And uh, yeah, it's really... It's not that easy, but it's a really interesting and really, yeah, it fills me with passion every day, this journey. So really nice. Okay. So inspired kind of from the family, no? But then what has been your um, your personal entrepreneurial story? No, did you, you didn't start with Care Woman. You did something before. So how did you know from this knowledge, let's say within the family, this inspiration, how did you get to, uh, to where you are now? What have been the steps? Right. So um, let me see. So it all became, I, I think it actually all began with Asade in the first place. Well, I first came to, I, I actually I'm, I'm Russian. So I came first to Barcelona to study at Asade uh, in the bachelor program. And I did the, the years there and it was uh, an amazing um, opportunity, an amazing experience. But uh, after that, I was pretty convinced that I would want to work in consulting because I mean, that's kind of what you want to do after you study business um, administration. So I, I went and I did that, but it was fine, but I knew that it wasn't some a path for me. So that helped me as well to acquire some skills and especially to understand that it's not exactly my world. 
So after that, I started working more with startups and uh, for some time as a freelancer. And uh, I also did the MIA program at Asada, which was, I think, one of the best decisions of my life, really. <laughs> so that was awesome. Um, and yeah, the other things we did there and the people I got to know there, it was, it was really great and really helped me on this journey. And yeah, so after that, I continued for some time to work with startups to help, well, basically work in business development for some small companies and help them grow. And uh, at some point, uh, I decided, hey, I really want to do this. I really want to bring my product to life. And I was like, so what am I missing here? What am I missing to be able to do this? And I realized that I needed some technological input because I knew that if, if I had no technological background, then I would not be able to um, to build this on my own, right? So that's when I decided to go and uh, learn programming. And uh, I did that. So I went to a coding bootcamp here in Barcelona and I became uh, a developer. <laughs> and that was really great. I, that was a great addition to, to my already existing skills. I'd say for me, it, it was pretty much a game changer as well. And that's when um, I thought, okay, so that's the time to to make the decision, so-and-so. And I guess that's when my life also did a big turn. Um, yeah, I did quite a big change. I switched the place where I was living and you know, I had some personal changes and that's where I had the opportunities to start everything from the beginning, <laughs> start everything all over. And I was like, okay, so now, yes, now I wanna do this. And I had a, the idea for some time. Um, I, can, I can now explain how the idea came to me. And, uh, and basically that's when I said, okay, I'm coming to Barcelona to start this company. And that's what I did. And I did one year of research, also working as a freelancer at the same time. Uh, and uh, in the meantime, I was working on shaping this product. And in the end, yeah, I, <laughs> I launched it. And here we are today. And actually the company started a little differently. So we had the different name at the beginning. It was called Aura. And we were focusing on physical products at the beginning. <clears throat> So it was basically uh, boxes for women to enjoy more of their periods. And it was a nice product. It was subscription-based. It was nice. Uh, a little bit of an American model, I'd say. But really, the thing that I saw is that the, for this market, this is not the best product. And it's also, uh, it didn't meet um, the needs of women that much. Mm -hmm. and, so you, you, you didn't really get a product market fit, let's say, no? And this one, yeah. you tried it. How did you get the, this initial idea, maybe, not also to, to hear? So right. was it yeah. uh, copying an existing model or was it something that you came up with? Sure. So basically everything started by from my personal need because uh, I remember thinking, well, I have my period. And I remember having my period and thinking, I feel so bad. Like, I, I really I have pains on my my... Uh, stomach and I have cramps, I have a uh, headache, uh, I have mood swings and I feel terrible. And that was on a monthly basis, right? So that was my period every month. And I felt terrible about it. And I was like, uh, at some point I thought, hey, there must be something that could make me feel better. So I went and Googled it. So I was, and I Googled something like, uh, yeah, I'm feeling better during menstruation or something. And I found nothing. And that was quite weird because I thought, hey, if so many women, like all of the women and in, in, in my more or less in my age gap uh, have periods. And I know that many of them don't have a very happy periods. Then how come there is nothing that solves this issue, right? And that's when I had the initial idea of thinking, 
there has to be something, right? And so from there on, I thought I had the need, I had the objective clear, and that's when I, I decided to create the product. Because for me, it was something that I saw in different business models, also with, from working with other startups. I saw that this model existed, I saw that it was successful in the US, and I decided to bring it here, and I thought it could be very, uh, very successful. But as you say, it was not a product market fit. The Spanish market is definitely very different from the US market. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, and it also was not as fulfilling as I would hope it would be. It didn't exactly meet the, the objectives that I was, that I was wanting to cover. <laughs> okay, so from then, uh, then there was some, some pivoting, no? Let's say to, to use the, the startup term uh, into what is now Chiara Women. So uh, how did you decide to, to turn it over? Yeah, exactly. So we did quite a big pivot. Um, and basically, it was pretty natural because we were working with this physical product and we thought it was not quite getting there, you know, and uh, two things happened. Uh, on one side, the women who were, who were working with the community, uh, they started us to ask, uh, started asking us for more content because we were publishing content in our blog and in our me social media. And the women started to ask for more and more content. They were like asking us a lot of questions. They, they had a huge interest for the content that we were posting. And we saw that. We saw that there was huge interest in that. And we were actually surprised. I didn't, I didn't know there would be such interest. And on the other hand, uh, some amazing professionals reached out to me and they told me that they would like to form part of, uh, take part in this in this mission of mine right and just join forces and uh, and that's how we got the first specialists on the team uh first women who are specialists in, in female health in different different areas and with them we started creating this content right and uh, the more we created the content the more women wanted it and uh, it was amazing to see and there the two elements joined forces and I could see that this is working. And that's when we decided, hey, let's try and launch a small course and see what happens. And that's what we did. And uh, back then when we were, Aura had a different name, we still, we decided to do that. And we launched a small course and that thing went crazy. <laughs> that's when women all over the place were like, uh, were just fell, falling in love with what we were doing. And they were saying, this is what I've been looking for for the last 10 years or so. And this is when I thought we are onto something. This is what women really need, right? And this, you get this feeling that you cannot avoid of seeing women really appreciating it and really, you know, it really gets to them. So you cannot avoid seeing that, hey, okay, this is the product market fit, you know? And this is when we decided this is wonderful. And we really have the opportunity to change women's lives as well like the, the purpose, the purpose, the mission of this, it's incredible. So we decided to do the pivot and change the name and change and switch completely to, to courses and leave a store, but more like an e-commerce, menstrual e-commerce on the side, but just focus on education. Okay, so really, no, kind of switching from, let's try a model that uh, on, the, on the economical terms seems like it's going to work and then see that it wasn't really product market fit to something that really you will see that the market pool and that was actually the users and some of your contributors as well coming to you to ask you not to bring it up. So 
definitely working. So what's the, you know, you mentioned this already, there is a store, there is an academy. Uh, I think the store is pretty much self-explanatory. How does the academy work? Yeah, so basically we have online courses of different duration. Uh, most of the courses are, are created by four or five professionals together. And so we treat a different topic on, in every course. And it's a cor the courses last from four to eight weeks. Mm, and in, in each program, we start with theory. So you get enrolled and you start by in understanding the topic that we're treating, understanding how mm, this or that problem uh, is um, happening in your body or how this part of your body works. And then we go to specific practical tools where you understand how to make it better. So just to put an example that everybody would understand, we have a, one of the new courses, uh, which is absolutely amazing, is on fertility. So for women who either are, want to, to become pregnant or who have been trying for some time and have some difficulties, right? And it's a course created by five professionals. It's an absolutely beautiful course. And women start by understanding how actually fertility works, right? Because we know nothing about it. It's such a topic that, <laughs> that nobody explained us ever how our bodies work. And there are so many myths around it. It's, it's really crazy. So we started by explaining that, like how, how everything works, how should you, you know, uh, approach this, this topic, how, you, how the conception works as well, and hormones and all the other, a, a lot of <laughs> elements that come into play. Uh, and then we go on to explaining how can you improve your fertility on a daily basis. So we start with nutrition, for example, and the nutritionist gives you specific, a specific program to improve your fertility on a daily basis, changing your, uh, the food that you eat every day, right? Um, and also then, for example, there is a physiotherapist and she explains how by movement and how by switching some positions and doing some exercises, you can actually activate all the area actually liberate some blood flow and well, uh, a lot of other things that can help you achieve better fertility and so on. And there are other tools as well that we give. And in total, it's a program of six weeks for, for women to understand their fertility and make it better. And they also do it with a, a community, a whole community of women who are also in the same situation, also wanting to get pregnant, also wanting to improve their fertility. And they do it all together. And it's really a beautiful, beautiful environment. Amazing. And is it um, so? Not get, getting now in terms of a bit the the mechanics of your uh, of your project. Um, did you get uh, external investor? Is it uh, financed by by revenues? How how does it work? No. So uh, overall, the business model and really the financing uh, of the project so far. Yeah. So at the moment, we're not. Uh, we have no investment. Uh, on purpose. So we actually had a, a proposal of investment uh, half a year ago, and <laughs> I thought it was too soon and I didn't want to do it because, um, well, for me, I think invest an investment round or taking investment in your company is a very difficult thing to do. It's not an easy thing. It's, it's like a marriage, right? It's like what you say about the founders is the same with the investors. It's a marriage. So you have to get it right. And uh, you also have to make it right. So you stay in control of your company after that. And so you um, are happy with what's going on, right? So for us, I knew that this was still a too early stage and that if, I mean, I could have done it, but I knew that the percentages that they would be taking of the company would be too high and I would be not happy with it. And then 
was the was the reason to do it if in the end i would be demotivated and thinking like what did i do right <laughs> so, uh so yeah so for me that uh that was really clear that uh that was too soon for for me to to take on investment um and uh, right now we're starting to consider to taking uh, to to going for an investment round um and we want to finish basically figuring out several things we're right now um automating different things and the, the launches of our courses and also improving the funnel and really you know refining the funnel to make the customer acquisition smoother and lowering the cost of customer acquisition and whenever when we get that done when we get to the numbers and to the point well i would be happy and i can see that okay this is working automatically really smooth and everything i think that's the point where we'll be getting on some investment because really i mean the money would obviously allow us to do so many things and grow so much faster so that's a great opportunity but i really believe that the moment has to be right so for us it's getting there and until now we've done everything we had an initial investment of family and friends and from there on we've done bootstrapping and it was working pretty good so <laughs> hopefully an investment round coming up very soon but <laughs> for now that's the situation okay then no and uh, this is, i i hear it more and more no for entrepreneurs now being very uh, kind of uh, self aware of the fact that uh, it's uh, good sometimes to to get the investment in get the money in but also you need to know what uh, how that's going to impact and how that's going to change uh, the management of the company and so it's not always this kind of vanity metric of you know oh we raised so early or so much but really okay is it what i need in the company no exactly i i believe in that completely and uh, it's kind of hard to resist sometimes because you read about all the companies that hey these guys are raising so much money and these are especially in this market you know nowadays that there are a lot of exactly. there's a lot of money flowing around yeah exactly exactly and you see it all around and i see even people who started a company after after myself and i see them raising funds and and you can get frustrated because you're like does that mean they're they're better than me than the company that does mean uh, that they're growing faster and and then you know it's just uh, in the end you cannot avoid comparing yourself to everybody else and that's and that's something that's there right and um, and you read all those articles like oh this amazing company raised so much money and of course it kind of you know um, gets you thinking but in the end for me yeah i'm, I'm taking the patience path and <laughs> i don't know for for now i'm i'm happy with it and let's see how it goes but i am really confident that at the point where i'll be completely will be completely happy with the with the company with um all the well all the kpis at that point it's when it makes most sense to go to an investor and you can negotiate properly your terms and it can be a nicer relationship overall yeah no and in the meantime you focus on the product on the users and making everybody happy and i mean as long as you can you can uh, as well self sustain probably uh, yeah. it's it's good as well now it's also a good sign that you're doing something that that's useful and people are happy with it uh, you don't really need to run for the money so that's uh, even a better sign for you and for your project uh, yeah. Absolutely. By the way, you, you're saying we. So uh, you mentioned earlier there are 15, uh, if I took it that correctly, medical specialists working with you. I'm assuming those are not full time, but uh, who who's in the team then? Yeah. So uh, basically, well, I started from the beginning. I started I started the company myself on my own because I was looking for a co-founder, and that was also quite a harsh harsh moment for me because I had I I was not sure I could do it on my own, and I definitely was looking for a co-founder. And I found nobody who I thought would be a good fit. 
And so at that point, I was really doubtful, but I decided, well, I had a push from my mentor as well. And I was like, okay, so, well, let's do it on my own. I mean, well, let's see, right? And, and I thought, okay, and then if somebody comes along uh, and uh, at a different point, I can, I can make them uh, my co-founders at the time, right? Or just partners. Uh, and uh, and so that's what happened. I started the company alone. Uh, it was not a <laughs> very um, easy journey, obviously, but hey, it was a good experience. And uh, right now, yes, we have the team of 15 medical professionals. They are not full time. They are more like collaborators. Uh, I have, uh, well, yeah, a girl who's about to become partner. Uh, and that's the, the perfect match, you know, for the company. And I'm really grateful that I finally found her. And since I found her, well, things have been flowing, but you know, it was a quite a coincidence. I mean, I mean, I wasn't looking anymore. And then at some point you just find the person absolutely like random <laughs> and then everything connects. And then, you know, that is the person, you know, uh, and apart from that, we have four other, uh, girls as well, who women who, are amazing, a designer, a specialist in ads, uh, another editor, uh, women who help us uh, working part-time and uh, yeah, well, some of them more part-time, some of them more full-time, uh, depending on, on the needs, uh, also fluctuating during, during the courses and so. And so that's the team. So we are two people full-time, uh, four more people part-time and the, the medical professionals who help a lot, but are definitely not, not on, a, on a team as per se, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not. So they're, 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 I mean, they're working as medical professional, I guess that's also where, where it brings yeah. then the, you know, it's good <laughs> to have somebody external. I mean, you know, there's always the recommendation, don't bring external people in the startup, have people in the team, but in some cases, when somebody is really a specialist, you want them to, to keep being a specialist. So that, that's the value they bring to the project. Um, yeah. And also, you mentioned you started alone. That's a, that's a very, uh, yeah, that's a very brave thing. And many entrepreneurs uh, feel like they don't want to start uh, alone unless they find somebody. Uh, but you also mentioned earlier that you did uh, study uh, coding. So you're also, let's say, a, a full stack entrepreneur in the sense <laughs> that you, you, you know the, the business side, but also the, uh, the tech side. So my question for you is, do you think you would have done it anyway if you hadn't been studying the decoding part? Well, that's a good question, really. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, maybe I would have tried it, but I don't know if I would be so successful because I have experience in the past with other, working with other startups where um, where we had to do where we had to do some modifications for our website or even create a website once. Uh, and and do something else and it was always involving like outside developers agencies normally uh, and it was just terrible you know because um, you like if you don't have any knowledge about technology and about what it takes how much time it should take to do that what options do you have what technologies should you use how much it should cost you're in the dark and then the the agency will at least what happened to us I, I i really believe not all agencies are like that obviously but at least what happened to us is that uh, it took a lot of time it took a lot of money and in the end it was not all wanted and it was just a disaster so in the end it takes you five times five five times the time right because you have to modify you have to uh, work work with them and, and talk with them and, and do it all over again and change this and change that and then you realize the technology is not what you were looking for and there are some limitations and 
oh my god it's just such a hassle so having that experience uh, i had it really clear that i need to learn programming uh and maybe like hey I, I i couldn't really work as a as a developer myself because it's such a specific job and i'm i'm not the type of person to do it but having the knowledge and being able to like you know not depend on on external agencies or developers or even internal and knowing what you're talking about and how how you would like it done that's a huge advantage really so for me it was quite a quite a deal breaker and in the end i i did the the website myself uh, and although the website is done in shopify which is a cms and you don't you would you wouldn't really need to know coding to do that it helped a lot because i did program inside shopify some specific features i did change very specific design things that were not available if you wouldn't have the the coding skills right so and again if if we need something done whenever we need something done some feature or some implementation or some whatever uh, at that point, I know what it takes. I know if, whether it's possible or not, and I, you know, and I can really handle much better in terms of money, time, and what exactly you want to do. And the efficiency is just <laughs> way better. Absolutely. And so, is it now still all uh, developed by you, or do you have somebody helping you on that part? I have another person who is helping me with some heavier features or some more difficult things uh but the basis is still done by me like the 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 basis the, the website is still is still my doing um at, at the time of the pivot we also changed the website completely i did that and then some of the features were implemented by another person uh so yeah it, it all depends uh when i when i think of what i should do myself and what should another person do it all depends on the amount of money i need i know i need to put and also the quantity of knowledge i know i should have for this so for example if i know that i'm doing the 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 i don't know the home page for example i'd rather do it myself because i know how i want it to be and it will i know it will take just more time to explain it to the person and and transmit the the feeling that i want to get from the home page rather than just you know do it myself so for example that but then of course the more technical things uh the feedback window or whatever some algorithms to do that or the the kpi measurement whatever you know that's mm -hmm. completely technical that's yeah <laughs> i'd rather of course give it to somebody else but obviously understanding what's going on so that's great Okay, so Olga, you're really uh, like a like an all-round entrepreneur, no? So you know the the business, the strategy part, you know the development part, but you're also shooting some amazing videos for yeah. the for the customer acquisition. So you're uh, you're really doing all the job to to keep the platform uh, moving, and I think that's uh, that's really amazing. So let's uh, let's move to the final part of the of the interview and actually dive a little bit uh, deeper into um, you know into who you are personally. So let's I'm gonna ask you a few. Uh, um, more specific questions, right? Of course, let's go. <laughs> First one would be, uh, which book are you currently reading? Oh, wow, okay. Uh, I actually have three books started right now. <laughs> so okay, that's so quite, which free book? <laughs> kind of a, a tricky question. Uh, the first one that I'm reading is Three Comrades. It's actually, uh, and I'm actually reading it in German. Well, trying to, because I'm, I'm kind of uh, trying to improve my German. So that's one. Uh, yeah. Then uh, another book that I have started is, let me see if I can remember the name. Um, oh, oh my God. The, uh, 
Jeez, yeah, I, I I can never remember the names of the books. So I'm just terrible with that. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> it's a book on it's a book on negotiation. Uh, I'm pretty sure that people, most people, or many people, will will hear that and will be like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's a book about on negotiation uh, from an ex FBI agent. So mm. really incredible book. Um, afterwards, you can give me a moment, and I will obviously remember what the the book name is. So that's two. And uh, then a third one uh, that I have on my shelf and it's waiting for me is The Power of Habit. So those are the is it, three. Uh, that... Never split the difference? Yes, there you go. Oh my God, I'm terrible with names. Yes, never split the difference. Amazing book, really recommended for everybody. That's the one I'm finishing right now. Really great, um, very, very insightful, I'd say. And I think if you want to be an entrepreneur or if you generally want to work, you know, strategy business whatever you have to learn it it's uh, really great so those those are my th top three uh, for now um, finishing the never split the difference and uh, we'll be doing the power of habit next and on the side the german learning so yeah <laughs> so, side question on this one uh olga so you're russian you speak perfect uh, spanish uh, english uh, you're now learning german i think you speak catalan as well how many languages do you speak yeah, those are the ones. Okay. <laughs> and uh, and definitely, definitely looking forward to learn Italian next, probably. So that would be absolutely amazing. And maybe we can talk Italian next time. Absolutely. <laughs> no, we can do a, a side, side podcast, you know, lear, learn languages uh, with the uh, Zad international community. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that would be lovely. <laughs> okay. Uh, next uh, question. What um, is a startup you think it's interesting uh, beyond yours, of course? Ah, great question as well. Uh, Spanish or generally speaking? Anywhere. Yeah, okay. Um, so obviously from my field of knowledge, I, I can mention, for instance, uh, Platano Melon. I think they're amazing and they're uh, completely shifting. Also, they're, they're doing something a little similar to ours, really. I mean, at a different scale, obviously, but they're actually disrupting the entire sexuality industry and they're giving it such an amazing twist um and yeah if you don't know them please go and google them platano melon absolutely awesome uh all about sexual education and you know exploring your sexuality absolutely amazing um yeah the the founders the team absolutely great so that's definitely one for me um another another startup not that much startup anymore <laughs> for me that i have uh on my radar radar uh often and uh, i see it from close up is definitely typeform mm -hmm. um they're really great as well i yeah i think they're doing an, an amazing job and also even from the design perspective and uh, yeah, um, I really like like their mindset and the way they the, the culture works. And I, I have several people working inside Typeform, so I can tell, and it's it's amazing. <laughs> one one of the big uh, success cases as well from Barcelona, yeah, no? Exactly, so yeah. exactly. And I uh, and then again, as as I as I see their culture close up, the culture is just brilliant. Like they and and now with COVID, I know that they're working very hard to maintain their people happy or like even working remotely so yeah they're doing a really great job and yeah as the third one hmm, um i would have to think on that one i mean there are a lot of a lot of different startups because i'm, I'm obviously right now i'm more into into my field so i know right. there are other startups such as clue for example or 
um, or, or yeah, for example, Kokoro here in Barcelona, different startups from, mm -hmm. you know, my field <laughs> that, that I know they're doing an absolutely amazing job. But I mean, mm -hmm. out, out of this world, of course, uh, there are also a lot of projects, a lot of amazing stuff that other people do. And yeah, it's really nice to see all the time. Of course, talking about fields, um, of course, you're you're very interested into the whole, uh, let's say, uh, female tech as a, as a, as a global uh, word. Mm, what do you think is an interesting trend that uh, people that want to become entrepreneurs, that want to start a company, should focus on? Um, in so general. In in general, or yeah, you mean in general, I mean whatever. You, in general, whatever you as an entrepreneur now, you've been in the market. So, yeah. what do you think is an interesting yeah. trend? Right. So let me see if I if I understood the, the question correctly. So you're you're saying for the people who want to become entrepreneurs, what industry like market trends they should yes. try and focus to start their projects, correct? Yeah, well, um there are obviously several um several trends rising right now, and especially with all the COVID topic and everything, we've seen several things, such as for instance, I think the the entire remote working thing is huge and should be looked into more because i uh, i mean we have great tools such as zoom right or or trello or whatever other a lot of others but i still think there's so much that can be done there and there are such industries that are also have to be just you know they have to step up and there is just you know there is room for innovation so for instance this uh, and then as well um on the, the innovation side i mean um, on my daily basis, I just see there there's so much can, that can be digitalized or improved or just, you know, even uh, from, from the most basic stuff, like whenever you go to, to do some administrative stuff, like in Spain, it's, it's just crazy and <laughs> absolutely nothing, <Yes>. right? So, <laughs> so um, that's not like something, a new trend, but hey, it's there, like, you know, somebody should come and do something about it. Absolutely. So the, the entire medical system is the same. It's, those industries are just so non-innovative, non-digital, and just, you know, there, it takes someone to come and do something about it. And I don't think that the solution needs to be that difficult, but hey, something has to be done, those industries. And then more on the new industry kind of trends, I would definitely say remote working and definitely sustainability. Um, that uh, <laughs> is definitely a thing and I'm seeing it a lot. Uh, in, in because I, I work with it personally. But then again, I see that uh, a lot is being said and it, it makes you, you may feel like, oh no, everything is done already. But a lot is being said, but nothing is done. So it's like yep. very little things are done. And uh, for example, same happens really in my industry and the entire, the entire feminism side of things, it's exactly the same. So definitely that and then and the last one i would like to mention is definitely education education yes. is, is huge and uh, education in different fields right i mean I mean, in a way you are doing education right yeah exactly but that's education and education is so wide like from what you're doing from mir Esade, to what i'm doing to i don't know anything uh, education is is everywhere and i think lifelong uh, education is now a huge thing so that's a field that definitely has to be empowered and worked on. I believe there is there are so many opportunities and it's it can be so powerful for society. Education is the basis, really. So, 
Absolutely, no. So uh, education in general, and then um, yeah, I mean digitalizing different markets as well. It's a trend I'm seeing. No, more and more people picking up. So many things are still left to you know user experiences can be improved and digitized. So definitely interesting. Okay, then moving forward, uh, last questions. Uh, really getting even more personal now that uh, no, uh, we had a bit of a chance to warm up. So thinking of you as a as a manager, somebody running a company. Uh, is there an advice that you oftentimes give to people but don't follow yourself? <laughs> wow, okay. Um, yeah, I would say I would say definitely uh, probably a lot. Like uh, ones that I can ones that I can think out of the top of my head is uh, definitely uh, I always say, hey, stay pessimistic and then hope for the best, right? So expect the worst and, and hope for the best because as an entrepreneur, that's like, what do you have to do on a daily basis? And I'm kind of getting better at that, but hey, <laughs> just, I, I, I like, uh, yeah, I always, I always do it anyways. Like I always hope for something amazing to happen and then it doesn't happen and then you're struggling. And then, well, all this, like, you know, the startup being um, a roller coaster, yeah. that's, that's just there, you know? So, but, I mean, in a way, the, the, no, the, the emotional kind of, uh, so, so, Let's say the, the bias of being a very optimistic is also something that I see often in, in successful entrepreneurs. So in a way, yeah. I think it's it's also good that you that you might be a little bit more optimistic as well somehow than the rest of the team. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, not, not but not for the team, but for myself, you know, for the team, it's definitely, I always project positivity, like no matter what's going on, like it's always, I always try to like be, hey, like we'll be through this. Absolutely. But then on my own, like, and I, I know that I have to be a little wiser and knowing mm. that things often don't work out and be just, you know, prepared and work on the plan B. And, and I kind of, I'm getting better at that, but that's not that easy. Mm, so definitely something, uh, yeah, that I would, I would say that's, that's something big for me. And, uh, and on the other side, maybe just, you know, try to stay more organized and prioritize more. So for me, I often get buried in to-do lists and uh, and at some point I just stop and say, okay, let's prioritize and let's just, you know, take out all the unnecessary stuff that is in the end. You're not going to get to it because, you know, we have other priorities, yeah. but I should definitely do that more because in the end you're just working on an infinite to-do list and you're like in the process and you don't see the big picture and you're, you don't maybe see that I cannot do this. I can just avoid doing that, you know? <laughs> That's definitely a big thing, like prioritizing on a daily basis and avoiding like small ant tasks, what they say, what they call yeah. it, right? So that's that's a big thing. And I always- okay. Keeping the, 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 the capability of being like super focused on something, but as well then zooming out and seeing the, yeah. the big picture. Yeah, the big that's... picture, definitely, definitely. <laughs> but uh, overall, no, the, 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 the mental strength that's needed to, to run successfully a company, yeah, especially yeah. When, you're, when you're a sole entrepreneur, it's even, it's even more so. So you know, kudos to you for that. Um, very last question. Okay. Olga, thinking yes. as an entrepreneur, uh, what has been your biggest mistake so far? Hopefully, also not so far. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, my biggest mistake. Yeah, I mean, it's, I actually think that it, it really goes hand in hand with what I just said before. And my biggest mistake was probably expecting that everybody, everything would go as planned, really. So I um, And I think that you don't really get to learn it until you do something, until you start a company. But I think... Uh, even like uh, anytime you learn in university or any course probably and you learn about writing a business plan right and you're like yeah that makes all the sense in the world and I'll go there and that will be what's going on 
and it, it doesn't go like that like not even close like yep. yeah and i understand completely the people who say that business plans are completely useless i mean because it never works so <laughs> it never goes as, as you planned it would be you know the sales projections and whatever like no <laughs> and like uh not even close to reality so uh and for me having this uh, yeah i would say the more in the beginning to having this idea of yeah whatever i project now like because i mean it's not that i projected some crazy positive or optimistic stuff or scenarios no it was quite realistic it was quite logical but still it doesn't work so uh maybe that was quite a big thing for me and realizing um okay let's take two steps back and see how we can reconduct this and i think uh i mean and i heard it myself as well right before but i think until you do it until you step on this in this you know problem you don't really realize that it is it is so relevant and is that, that is there but yeah i think for me it was quite a big uh, hurdle because uh, at the beginning i had a huge disappointment and like I, I had to figure out how i would switch and how i would change the, the way of, of me working of the company growing uh, in case that it didn't really meet the expectations and I mean, the expectations are fine, but then again, the company is a, is a natural being, is a, is a creature. So, yep. you know, let it grow on its own and just focus on, on the future, not necessarily on meeting some business plan that you wrote in your room. So, <laughs> so for me, that was a big deal. Okay, um, Olga, we can keep talking for hours, but uh, for now, let's, uh, let's come to a wrap. Thank you so much for uh, being so honest, transparent, sharing with us uh, your inspiring story for your own your own work, being inspiring to to so many uh, women around, and all the best moving forward. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, David. It was a great talk, and I definitely feel that I could continue talking with you for hours. It's a really great sign, I think. <laughs> and thank you so much, everybody, for listening. And I do hope that uh, this story well can inspire at least one woman, then, uh, and, or, or men, especially women, though. I will be very happy with that. And yeah, please, if, if there's anything you would like to ask me, please feel free to reach out. I'm always happy to, to chat. And that's it. So thanks a lot. Thank you very much, David. It was a pleasure. Thanks. Bye-bye. Ciao. Bye. If you still want to learn more, remember, you can register on our platform, dobetter.asade.edu. That was all for today. Until next time, thank you. Do Better.